This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. And I'm Chris Knutson, your host for today's episode. I trust this finds you doing exceptional wherever you are on whatever project you happen to be working on. Well, in this episode, I talk with David Hubbard, professional engineer turned international sales and marketing expert about how engineers can become effective in supporting their clients. And notice, I didn't say sell to their clients, because in this episode, we're going to talk about the importance of viewing sales as a process by which you, the engineer, serves as a consultant who's the expert, the one at the plan for solving a client's problems. And what I liked about this conversation with David, amongst a lot of things, is that it helped me further understand that sales and marketing is a process. And as engineers, we may not fully understand sales and marketing, but we can certainly understand a process. And we talk about the skills that an engineer needs to become effective in sales, and that these skills, like the technical skills we had to master to become practicing engineers, can be learned and developed. And also, we're going to touch on the fact that you don't have to be a small talk expert to close the deal, and that as an engineer, stick to what you do best. If small talk isn't your forte, well, then don't do small talk. And we're going to also learn about how to overcome our fear of making cold calls. This is a great conversation, and it's doubly so because David's a fellow professional engineer. But before we move into the main segment, I want to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the FEP or SE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI. They're the leader in engineering exam prep, and PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of the podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. And I also want to remind you that the Engineering Career Summit 2016 is a go for 12 through 14 May in New Orleans. If you don't know what the Engineering Career Summit is, well, go over to engineeringevent.com and check it out. It's the only event designed from the ground up to transform engineers from educated technical professionals into effective communicators, powerful networkers, and dynamic leaders. And this event is designed with one purpose in mind, to provide you with actionable steps you can take to move your career and life to a completely new level, past the blocks, any of the challenges or hurdles that you're currently facing. Now, this isn't a professional organization trade show, and it's certainly not a two-day PDH cram session. However, you are going to be able to get PDHs there, but that's not the sole purpose. What it is, is an opportunity to connect with other motivated engineers just like yourself and to hear from successful engineers and thought leaders on topics like leadership, networking and communications, business development, sales and marketing, and a whole lot more. And there's plenty of chances to socialize with the engineers who are there attending the event as well as the speakers and the panel members. It's going to be a great event. You can get your tickets now. They're on sale. Head over to engineeringevent.com and reserve yours today. All right, now I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the show. And this one is by Nick Beesbees. And he says, today it's important to be present, be relevant, and add value. And with that, let's get into the main segment, how engineers can effectively sell and market to their clients with revenue growth expert, David Hubbard. Now it's time for the main segment of our show, and for today's main segment, I'm joined by Dave Hubbard, who is a revenue growth expert, 
a pragmatic marketing and sales consultant, and a proven business leader in the CEO of Marketing Outfield. His work is focused on properly aligning the company's functional efforts from product, sales, and marketing to the target market buyers, and he routinely helps his clients grow by 25 to 50% per year. Now, Dave brings an uncommon wisdom about successful revenue generation with a unique professional track record within each of the revenue-producing functions of sales, marketing, and product management. And he has led the marketing function at five companies or divisions and the sales and product management functions in four companies or divisions. The, the bottom line is that he has firsthand experience. And along the way, he's developed a deep understanding of technology and how it can be applied to dramatically improve sales and marketing productivity and alignment. And throughout his 30-year career, he has helped private and public companies grow profitably and has been the executive leader of three companies or divisions, repositioned and rebranded two companies from top to bottom, and successfully launched hundreds of technology projects and services into the marketplace and generated thousands of leads for sales forces to close. And with this knowledge, experience, and background, Dave, I'm extremely excited to have you on today's episode. Well, it's great to talk to you, Christian, because I know you uh, take care of the engineers, and I was once an engineer. So being an engineer is kind of close to my heart. <laughs> That's awesome. And we're going we're gonna to unpack that one in a moment here. But as a reminder for everyone listening, I just want to let you know that the show notes for today's episode are going to be at engineeringcareercoach.com. And there you're going to find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to all the resources, websites, and books that Dave and I are going to mention throughout the interview. And again, you're going to find the details at engineeringcareercoach.com and then just search for today's episode. So Dave, I think your comment there was a great segue. So I've got to ask you, how did you get into sales and marketing starting off as an engineer? It was a journey that was that was interesting because uh, I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. And by process of elimination, I ended up being professional engineer, electrical engineer, focused on computer designs and system power designs. And I ended up being in this very large power utility and ultimately responsible for all the electronics and computers in their 12 power plants. And it occurred to me one day that did I want to keep on doing engineering or do I, did I want to influence what engineering did? And so I decided, well, I'll become one, a general manager because a general manager gets to be a multifunctional leader. At least that's the case in Canada. And engineering would be, you know, one leg of my platform. Everybody told me I had to go into sales to be a GM. So I jumped into sales. And, and that began my career of getting into sales and marketing. Interesting perspective, I guess, and really interesting feedback that you got from the folks that you spoke with about, you know, the way of progression within your career. So, you know, in that move from engineering into, into sales, what were some of the strengths that you found that, that as an engineer you brought to marketing sales of engineering services or really to product development or, or any service for that matter? In some of the strengths that, that I think were core that allowed me to get into those kind of business-related functions of sales and marketing was first having a very structured, rational approach to problem solving. And I believe as engineers, we understand how to, how to figure out what the root cause is of a problem and, and therefore take some action. We also understand process. And when I think of process... And I don't mean the bureaucracies that you see in a lot of companies and they say it's process. I talk about agile process. Everything 
can be broken down into a process. And, and by having a structured problem resolve approach, realizing it's a process, then you can handle the most technically complex issues. The kind of technical complex issues that people and essentially our customers are trying to figure out what's the best approach. So as an engineer, you're coming in with a good foundation of strengths that you can build on and help figure out in, in complex situations the best course of action for everybody concerned. That's brilliant. And I completely agree with you on the on the process component of it. Um, pretty amazing strength that I think most engineers are, have the opportunity to develop even early on in their careers, almost coming out of university with that, with that understanding of, of processes, regardless of their, really doesn't matter what their engineering background is or what their engineering field of study, industrial or electrical or civil or whatever, there's a process function that, that's in place there. So that can be really important, as you pointed out, in approaching marketing sales. I guess what I'm interested in is, is to hear from you. I mean, there's the process component, that understanding of how to, how to solve a problem or get to the root cause can be really important in a marketing sales perspective. But how are you able to make the connection between that function of an engineer, which is, again, this root cause analysis, being able to define a problem, and turn that into marketing and sales, let's say, influence or discussions with a client? It just seems to me as I look at it that, you know, coming up with courses of action or solutions to a problem is one thing, but being able to articulate that in a way to someone else when you're actually trying to sell a product or a service, maybe for some people may seem like a like a stretch that's beyond their imagination. So how did you approach that? Or are there some best practices that you've observed or maybe recommend for an engineer that can help them move through that transition? Well, the key thing as engineers we have to realize is we're not the strongest people when it comes to people skills. We're just not. We're just, you know, we got our blinders on and we're doing technical stuff. But people don't always make, nor do we make, decisions that's always pragmatic, that's always data-driven, that's always black and white. We're all made up of emotional. And anybody who's tried to buy a house or a car knows they shouldn't be buying that big of a house or that fancy a car, but they want it. So the emotional side comes in. And so you have to figure out the, the soft skills of the buyer in that, what do they want to achieve for the business? What are they trying to achieve for their career? What are they trying to achieve for, the, for themselves? And because those components will come into any decision they make. And it's important to have those skills coming back to process. You know, people think that sales is magic and you're born with it. You're not. It's purely skills. It's a process. And it's the same thing in marketing. It's the same thing in designing products for an unmet market need. It's process. And to deliver those processes correctly, you need a few skills. And those skills are not something that you can just learn on your own. It's just like engineering is not learned on your own. You had to get skills and background. You went to university. Well, if you're in marketing, there's a university course for marketing. And in the sales, there's similar training. Absolutely. And of course, now that this leads me into, uh, into an obvious question, which is 
what are those skills that I as an engineer need to cultivate and build in order to be even considered a novice when it comes to sales and marketing? Well, once you accept that that you're bringing something to the table that the customer doesn't, which is your understanding of the technology, the industry, then really what you have to focus on is the buyer. And when I say focus on the buyer, I'm basically saying they're sitting there trying to make a decision and they have influencers around them, people from different departments, people they trust, and they're influencing the decision. Well, how do they get to the decision in the first place? How do they determine that it's an opportunity or challenge that they need to focus on? What other alternative did they consider to address those opportunities and challenges? Who's going to be involved in vetting that and getting to the kind of solution they're looking for now? How are they going to make a decision? What time frame? What are they concerned about during the the installation phase or the implementation phase or the design phase? The thing about engineering and sales and sales and marketing, it's all about the customer. It's all about the buyer. If you understand what your buyer is trying to accomplish, if you understand their fears, whether, gee, this project goes south, I'm going to kiss my career goodbye. If they think that way, don't expect the decision to be highly pragmatic. So, You have to adjust to that. And by understanding the buyer, having empathy for what they're doing, then you stand back and say, okay, I understand their environment. I understand their process. It's a six-step process, eight-step process. I understand who's involved. Now, how do I influence those people along the way? How do I help to move them through the decision process with a stronger view that what I represent, the company I represent, is the best solution for them. And so you have to look at it that you're helping them in their business process. You're a consultant to them in helping them understand the options. Because if they knew everything you knew, they wouldn't need you to come in. Dave, I think it's a, a great point that you just you just highlighted was the one term that you use as a consultant versus perhaps a salesperson, which I know from for myself has been sort of really I'll call it a hang up, which is moving beyond the thought of trying to sell someone or you know get them to buy versus being a consultant and helping them solve their problems. At least for myself, it's been a, a hurdle that I've had to overcome in my own professional career. And that may perhaps be something that a lot of engineers have faced. I guess I'd be interested to hear your thought because you you work with a lot of uh, not only you know engineers but but even non-engineers in the work that you do. Is that connotation something that you're seeing a lot of people, or is this something that maybe perhaps is unique for me? This shift between viewing yourself as a consultant as opposed to a salesperson. It's interesting because. Most of the salespeople you see, even the professional sales who've been trained, have got caught up on, gee, I need the sale. I need the sale. And they focus on the sale. And they are challenged by the fact that the customer isn't somebody sitting down in a cave waiting for them to arrive uh, with a whole bunch of information, which, by the way, they used to do 10 or 20 years ago before the Internet. 
before social networking. Now, all the information they need is online. They can find out about competitors. They can find out about products. They can find out about what clients think of, you, of your products and competitor products. They can identify quickly experts in their social environment that they can get recommendations from of whether to use your service or not. So you've got to look at it from they have a complex decision to make. They have all this information and it's information overload. They got all this information and choices and it's overload. What they're looking for is someone to come in and say, please help me understand the best way to solve my problem. The biggest mistake that people make in sales, and I see it all the time, they have the first meeting with the buyer, they pull out their PowerPoint presentations and away they go. And they go for 14, 20, 30 PowerPoint presentations and then at the end they say, what'd you think? <laughs> what I think about what? You didn't ask me what my problems were. You didn't ask me what it was. You wasted my time because 80% of that I already know are not important. <laughs> you didn't ask me where I am in my thinking. You didn't ask me why I'm trying to solve it. You didn't. <laughs> and no matter how much you think you know the industry and how much you think you know about your space in the industry, every buyer is different. And as soon as you try to treat them all the same, you're not going to help yourself because they want to work with somebody who's going to help them. And as soon as they think you're only paying attention because you want their business, then they won't trust you. And you really need the trust that says, hold it. I'm going to help you come up with the best solution. If it's not me, I will tell you and back out because we don't, we both can't spend the time going after something that's not a fit. That's a great point. And, and so this really sounds sounds like the the engineer or the individual is, is really in this, this position of filling the gap, actually answering what the gap is between a client's as-is situation and their to-be situation. So helping them to define what it is that they're attempting to achieve, this to-be future state, and then if I'm working with this client, I'm then using my expertise and knowledge to figure out, okay, does my company, does my firm have the skills to be able to achieve what the client is, is attempting to, uh, you know, to achieve for themselves? Does that kind of fall in line with what yes. you're looking at? Well, absolutely. And, and the key thing is you're not trying to push them anywhere, right? What you're trying to do is guide them. And there could be five, seven, eight people making decisions. Some have financial concerns, Some's worried about the length of installation. Some's worried about the overlap of resources. Some worries about timeframes. And if you know all those concerns, you can preemptively tell them how good you are in those areas. Knowing full well that your competition hasn't asked the questions, so can't say they are doing that. You know, the, the one thing I've learned in sales battles is... The one that's on the offensive usually wins because the one that's on the defensive that's trying to respond to all the things the other guy has brought up is going to lose 90% of the time. So you want to go in and lead the discussion and only people that have knowledge and expertise can lead. If a salesperson doesn't have that kind of background, the buyer doesn't listen to him anyway. <laughs> They'll talk about sports or something. 
would sound to me or seem to me that would be a significant benefit for the engineer who's listening to this when they're looking at, at potentially wanting to move into sales and marketing, thinking that, well, I don't have the skill sets to do that. But just based off, off that, the comment and some of my own some of my own professional thoughts are that if you have that technical background, that's almost gold in the bank. If you're in the position then of being able to understand some of the basic skills around listening and asking questions, and as you've already mentioned, empathy and some of these other components that come into listening to a client. And it's not as hard as you might think, right? Like everything, it's a learned skill. And first you have to understand you need the skill, and then you can learn the skill and then practice it. There's no perfect. Every situation is going to be different. But you want to respond to that in the appropriate way and because you're coming in as a respected person. You're not coming in as a car salesman. You're coming in as an engineer. And in fact, one of the sales approaches that I've used throughout my career is always have engineers involved because the clients aren't going to leave the sales guy anyway. I can tell you from my early career what the toughest part was me is I'd go into the account and I'd know engineering-wise what to do. And I had to bite my tongue so much because I'm the sales guy. And I had to let some junior person take care of the technical. And why did I do that? Because they have the credibility. Just because you know, I'm going in there as the sales process. Times have changed. Now I go in as a consultant and they understand and in fact, I walked away from business and, and led them to a competitor, only to find out three years later, they came back and rewarded me with about 20 times more business. Hmm. Because, you know, they trust the honesty and that somebody's got their back. It's also interesting, which you just mentioned, as long you know, along the lines of the credibility component. And I guess something that I would ask is, you know, if there's a, a position where it's acceptable or conceivable for, for the engineer to be the technical expert and the salesperson at the same time in conversations with, you know, with, with clients or potential customers, or if there's always need to be a, a space where, you know, you've got to have kind of a, a firewall between engineer and salesperson in the same room, or can somebody occupy both of those positions at the same time? Definitely, someone can occupy that at, at the same time. And I can think of, you know, when you're doing complicated products, you're doing alliances and OEM deals, it, it has to be a combination engineer salesperson. There's no other person that can figure that all out, get two companies aligned around the same product strategy. So you can do it. The, you, the challenge is two things have all your predecessors done it the wrong way? If they have, you have an opportunity to set yourself apart and differentiate, but it's going to take a little bit more convincing that you're just not one of these people coming up with a sale. And so you have to come in from the perspective of, I want to help figure out with you how to solve the problem. And if we can do the good, a good job and we can meet your requirements, I'll let you know. But you'll trust me. I tell you, if we're not going to be able to do that, I'll tell you, because we want you as a lifetime customer. We, I want a relationship with you that's a lifetime, not just with this one deal. And what that does is try to get you beyond 
being put in a niche of being a vendor rather than a partner. Salespeople are part of vendors. All they do is sell. Consultants are part of partners. They were looking for a longer-term business and having a trusted relationship between two firms. I guess that's a great point, and it just kind of footstop this term, which has come up a couple of different times here in the conversation so far, which is the term consultant as opposed to salesperson. So although our conversation here for everyone that's listening is how engineers can effectively sell and market to their clients, it really comes down to this role of trusted advisor and consultant in helping the client get to the best means to be able to achieve their desired end result. And so whether that means it's with with your firm or perhaps with another firm, which maybe for some people may be a challenge to wrap their mind around, at the end of the day, that's what our role is. And if we go back to what, from a professional engineering standpoint, what our roles are, one of our roles, which is to uh, safeguard public safety. I mean, this is a Integrity 101, um, if your, your company is not fully capable of being able to support the client, well, then by all means, you truly need to be upfront and be able to help the client get to the right uh, the vendor, the right firm that can that can support what their needs are. And that can only come back to to benefit you many times over, as, as Dave has pointed out. So that's a, a great, great approach. Dave, I'd like to kind of go back to maybe the beginning here, because I think this is, again, something that, that I find it's just absolutely interesting to myself and I think perhaps to others as well on, on your transition from being a professional engineer into sales and marketing is uh, what were maybe a couple of the challenges that you faced early on in that transition from engineer to the sales and marketing and how did you overcome or mitigate those challenges? And that's a great question because I'm sure I hit all the same ones other engineers would too, because just the way we're trained and wired, uh, give you an example. I don't like small talk. I'm terrible at small talk. And therefore, you, if you get into a meeting and you're trying to do networking on behalf of your business and the room's full of 200 people and you look around and you're supposed to uh, greet and talk to them and hopefully qualify them as a potential customer, and you don't like small talk. You don't have to know small talk. It comes back to, uh, it's a process. And so what I had to learn is, hold it. These people are people that I can add value to with my perspective. And they can have value for me. And I had to get that perspective to say, hold it here. I want to have connections out there that I can go to 10 or 15 years from now and say, hey, you're a lawyer and, you know, we got this situation and I, I just want to your feedback and am I going in the right direction, right? So some of these resources out there may not be a prospect today that for your firm, but they could refer, they could help within other situations. So you go out and, and you're basically, again, from the consulting, hi, I'm Dave Hubbard. I'm in this business. Uh, what brings you here today? Right. And you get into a discussion and within five minutes, you'll know whether there's a partnership potential there or not. And there's no small talk. That's that's a comforting, probably a comforting response for for many engineers, <laughs> for myself, definitely. <laughs> so that's good to hear. Definitely. And then, you know, I'll give you a couple other examples. Uh, sales have to do cold calls. Cold calls is when you pick up the phone and you dial someone, you have no idea. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to answer the phone. They have people answering the phone for them that says, 
he doesn't want to talk to you. And so how do you make those cold calls? And it took me a while to figure out saying, hold it. I understand that 80% of the salespeople out there don't know how to sell. They just don't. And so they're turning off prospects. I'm going to leave them a message and say, hey, this is Dave Hubbard. I'm CEO of Mark Outfield. And I want to share some information about how other companies in your area are running into some problems in the sales and marketing area. And we can share some research with you on that and potentially would help you. We've got five minutes. And all of a sudden in that quick call, I've told them how it relates to them, that I've done some research on their industry, that I'm not trying to sell them something and to share some information, open their eyes, which is most of the time what we have to do anyway. We have to open up people's eyes to the opportunities. And if any of us walked into a car dealership and you know, a salesperson comes over and says, can I help you? Our first reaction is, no, we're fine, thanks. And we move on. And so that is what we have to overcome is how some bad salespeople have spoiled the environment. And we can come in to differentiate, but it's a mindset. We're not coming in to sell. We're not coming in to interrupt. We're coming in to give them valuable information that will help. And as a result, even people I didn't sell to become a connection over time. Building up the people in your network because in a sense, you're representing a company, but you're also representing yourself. You are a brand. You are an engineer. You have certain things that you can accomplish and you may not be with that particular company forever. So you want to have a brand of what you offer to prospects, what you offer to your influencing crowd, what you offer to decision makers. And so, again, it comes back to how you approach it, cold calls, networking, any of this stuff. You're coming from the perspective of, I have knowledge that can help you. I need skills to communicate that to you. But. I have the knowledge. I just need to be able to communicate better to you. Along these lines, Dave, the, you know, the mindset that we've already talked about a couple of different times here on, on being a consultant versus a salesperson, but um, this really ties into some conversations I've had previously on Engineering Career Coach podcast with others about developing your own personal brand which is something that I personally haven't really thought about until you just mentioned it here in that, you know, you represent yourself as a consultant as opposed to a salesperson, but at the end of the day, you're really, it's your personal brand. What's the value that you bring into the relationship with a client or with, even if they're not a client with just another individual that you're having a conversation with, I think is just is absolutely golden concept. And, uh, for those that are listening, I'll link up in the show notes episodes that we've had with Dory Clark uh, previously uh, where, we, where we talked about personal branding. And I think these are two great concepts to link together. I've just now actually done it on this episode. So mm. thank you, Dave. <laughs> that was a, a brilliant insight that I really hadn't thought about before on this way to approach that uh, at the end of the day, you may be trying to sell a product or a service, but when it's all said and done, it's really yourself that's out there in the interactions with the other people. So that's, uh, that's fabulous, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Well, well, let me give one example so people can walk away and do something about it. Please, yeah. Go on LinkedIn. That's the professional network. Set up your profile, right, and start developing. 
look at it from if somebody comes in from a company, are they going to see the kind of information they want to see? If a recruiter comes in, are they going to see the kind of information they want to see? If a prior employer looked at it, are they going to see what they thought you did? And what that is, is a way to start branding yourself. And you'll reiterate on that all the time. And it's a way to also communicate with other engineers in that form, just to test ideas. So you can start creating your brand as a type of professional you are. You can start making connections where they make sense. And then you'll find that you have hundreds of connections and people can easily find you over time because you get better communicating your brand because it's really you and what you do is what's important and that's what you offer uh, your company and it's what you offer the customers. So it's not just the company you work for, but you add value in the whole process. Absolutely. And as I think through this, there's a, a couple of other episodes for those that are listening that I'll, I'll link up in the show notes as well that have to do with regards to approaching your engineering career from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So that doesn't necessarily mean quitting your job and working at a Starbucks, but truly <laughs> approaching the work that you do within the company that you work in or the organization that you work in as an entrepreneur, someone who creates value from nothing. And uh, we've got a couple of episodes that talk around that. And as I've already mentioned, these episodes about branding and the, the concept of me incorporated, which is actually a pretty good book. I'll, I'll link that one up. And David, I don't know if you ever come across that one or not. It's by, of all people, a, a Gene Simmons. Oh. But the concepts that he unpacks in the book are, are pretty powerful when it comes to self-branding, developing your own brand, and really, quite frankly, operating your professional life as a as a company in and of itself, even though you may be working for someone else. So I think those are some great, uh, great mindset shifts to make as, as one approaches uh, their professional career. So I appreciate you touching on that. So when I ask, uh, ask you at this point, uh, you know, we've been talking about the sales and marketing, we've, we've touched a little bit on your transition from engineer into that realm, but where can people learn more about the work that you're doing currently? Well, the best place to learn is, is probably uh, LinkedIn, because LinkedIn has my profile, has the people that's following me. You know, I put out uh, articles quite often on sales and marketing, and they're they're aimed basically at trying to make the customer-facing functions a lot more effective as a sales, marketing, and product management. So they can learn on LinkedIn. They can go to my company site, which is marketingoutfield.com. You know, engage uh, the discussion. It's evolving these days. We all say that social networking is here and everything else. It is here. Mobile's here. And one of the things for branding, why we're doing it, we didn't do it 20 years ago and we're doing it now, is because everything is online, including your brand, whether you participated in it or not. And so in this world, you have to take an active participation online that those that are older, if you will, didn't have to 20 years ago. Absolutely. And a testament of that is uh, the fact that, that we're, I'm having this conversation with Dave because that, Dave, that's how we got connected was through social media. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's here to stay and 
you're either involved in it or it's going to be involved without you. <laughs> One of the two. So Exactly. All right. Now, Dave is going to stay with us for the Take Action Today segment of the show where we're going to give you some actionable advice on this sales, marketing, and how to grow your ability to sell effectively to your clients as an engineer. So stand by. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show, and Dave's agreed to stay with us to provide you with some actionable advice how you can use this in your engineering career or business. But before he does this, I'd like to offer a word from today's episode sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE, PE, or SE exam. Well, hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's material to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your engineering career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Just use promo code COACH at PPITopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. All right, Dave, what's one piece of sales and marketing advice you wish you'd known at the start of your career that you learned the hard way? I wish I knew what sales and marketing really was. I wish I knew what business really was. And I didn't. I knew uh, techie stuff and math and physics. And I really didn't understand what the difference was between sales and professional sales, between marketing and professional marketing, between running a P&L and just running a corner store. And I think the thing that I wish I had understood was those dynamics. Now, the course I'd taken uh, worked out because I ended up where I should be and I guess wanted to be over time. But it would have been nice had I started the whole journey knowing a little bit more of what I wanted to do. And and there's too many negative perceptions about sales and about marketing and unfortunately well-deserved. And so you have to understand that you can't believe everything you hear and professional uh, functions are quite different than those that are self-help. And so don't let the perception you see in the consumer world influence you as what's in the business world, particularly when it goes business to business. I hope that everyone's listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, or questions. So you can go over to engineeringcareercoach.com and either search for this episode and leave a question in the comments section for Dave or for Anthony or myself or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all the comments and we're going to respond if you leave us one. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.